sometimes you just feel tired, feel weak. And when you feel weak, you feel like you wanna just give up. But you gotta search within you. Try to find that inner strength and just pull that shit out of you. And get that motivation to not give up and not be a quitter. Hello and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is Till I Collapse featuring Nate Dogg by Eminem. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Mitch Artist. Mitch was part of some stacked Glenwood teams back in the mid-2000s. They placed third twice at the state duels and they were in the hunt for a team trophy at traditional state every year. As an individual, Mitch was a four-time state place winner and a two-time runner-up. He was also an all-state soccer player. Mitch spent three years at Iowa State before finishing out his college career at UW Lacrosse. Mitch now lives in Denver, Colorado, and casually climbs 14,000-foot mountains. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Mitch Artist. Yeah, I didn't know. Um, I've seen Larry Mee Schaefer out, out there a couple times lately. So... How'd you, how'd you get me to, uh, hooked up with him, I should say? Yeah, well, so he's from Winterset. Um, I'm from Glenwood. Yeah. And growing in high school, we pretty much saw Winterset at, I mean, we were, we were in pretty much every single tournament on Saturdays, Winterset yeah. and whatnot. But then I didn't really know him. Well, knew him in high school, but didn't know him in high school. And then we went to Iowa State. Um, or he was at Iowa State. He was a year older than me. He went to Iowa State. And then my freshman year, we just hit it off and then we roomed together actually for the next two years after that. And then I was in his wedding and he's been in mine and wow, okay. stayed pretty close the whole time. So he actually, this is the second time this winter he's came out and mm-hmm. snowboarded and, and, and yeah. stuff like that. So he loves it out here. He always talks about wanting to move out, but I mean, he's a, he's a small town boy. <laughs> he ain't never, he ain't never leaving Glen or uh, <laughs> Iowa, but yeah. he, uh, he enjoys the mountains and snowboarding and, and whatnot. So yeah. Doesn't he have like there. a, doesn't he have like a club or something over at Logan Magnolia that he's working with? Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like he, I don't know how many years he's been doing it, but I think he's been doing it for like three, four ish years and heading oh. that program, the youth program there. Yeah. Um, he says he has like 80 plus kids. Wow. Which Loma always has a traditionally a pretty good uh, program and always has. So it's, it's fun yeah. to see and cool to see. And some of the names, he was telling me some of the names. It's a bunch of kids our age. that have kids now. <laughs> so it's like uh, Chris Thayer. Okay. Yeah. Um, Chris Thayer was one of them. Um, um, there's a couple other those Loma kids that I, that I recognize that they yeah. have ones now coming up. And then he has two boys as well, a third grader and a first grader. So they're going to be, they're going to be tough. If they all yeah. can stay together and, and uh, keep going. But yeah, it's kind of fun to see all those uh, same kind of names that we grew up with. Now they're little, they're little offspring or, or come on up. So yeah. Do you, are you involved in wrestling at all? Yeah. So, so I live out here in Denver mm-hmm. um, and I moved out here in 2011, kind of took when I, gra- I graduated in 2011, came out here and kind of took a good, like three, four year um, kind of time off from kind of the sport. Wasn't in, wasn't coaching, wasn't kind of anything involved with anything. And then um, went back and got um, kind of a bunch of certifications and and started kind of doing the whole sports performance training and personal training and team training and really? stuff like that. 
and got involved and got hooked up at the high school out here, uh, Horizon High School, which is up north in Thornton, and got the head uh, coaching job up there and did that for three years from 20. My last year was the COVID year, so that would have been my first year would have been 2018, 2019, and then 2020 was my last year there. And then when I left there, I started hopping out with a, a youth program called the Golden Eagles um, down in Highlands Ranch, which is a south suburb of Denver. Um, I've been doing that the past couple of years and whatnot. So the dynamics of hmm. the youth is is new and different to me, but it's a, it's always a learning experience and always a fun time. But um, so, yeah, the last couple of years I've been hopping out with that a um, couple kind of uh well i guess he went to you and i the guy that that runs that program his name's tyson reiner um he's a south dakota boy and then wrestled at you and i and then uh, he he uh is the head coach there and runs that program and we got um around like 70 80 kids out from the third to eighth grade um and he's really he's really growing it he does it year round so he's he's starting spring um spring training up where he's teaching freestyle and whatnot here in a couple weeks and then he'll do summer camps and and flow right into that winter season. So yeah. it's pretty cool. He's doing a lot of, uh, you know, Colorado's definitely growing. Um, <laughs> you see, you see some of those Iowa names and just some of those uh, um, names that you kind of grew up that grew up with uh, coming out here, like dry beats. I don't know if I'm yeah. saying his uh, first name right or not, but yeah, you he, are, yeah. yeah, the Ponderosa program out here. Who's always like a top, you know, three program and five. A. So it's, uh, it's cool to see. Yeah, I talked to him for the podcast. He, um, we're gonna reschedule because he was kind of uh, he was he was trying to do it, but he was a little busy at the same time and tried to make it work. And he's like, you know what? Let me just scrap it. And let's try. It. So I'm, <laughs> I'm actually gonna talk to him again because yeah, that Ponderosa team is good. Yeah, they got they got some studs, man. They got I don't know. You should ask him uh, how many D1 kids he has because I know he has I know he has a good handful wrestling yeah. at the D1 level and whatnot now. So uh, they're always at Pomona High School and then Ponderosa out here. That are the two top dogs. And Pomona, oh, is just, yeah, they they got some uh, they got some studs, man. So but yeah. yeah, he's definitely doing a great job with that program. So small world, you know. You're out there. He's out there. You got the um, the guy who's running the club and the high yep. school from you and I. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, we actually. Uh, my wife is good buddies with uh, at. Tiff Edelson, which is Charlie Edelson, Charlie from Hudson. Yeah. Yeah. So we see them quite a bit out here. And then CJ actually lives out here as well. So what we the see heck? Him, yeah, see him from time to time. So yeah, it's uh, and then they got a couple of you and I buddies like Andrew Anderson um lives out here. <laughs> and uh yeah, there's there's a couple others. So it's it's a small that wrestling world's a, a small niche, but um, how'd you end up out there? You said you graduated and you're like I graduated in 2011 and came out here. What? Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much the story, man. So yeah, I graduated my undergrad at Lacrosse in 2011, and then just kind of came out here. Um, you know, that summer after I graduated, and um, you know, I got a good job where I met a lot of cool people. It was a small startup of about 30 people or so, um, and out of those 30, there's probably. A, probably about 15 of them from originally from Iowa. Um, so I remember walking into the office my first day and one guy came up to me and he's like, yeah, I used to party with your brother back at the university of Iowa. And, and then another one was come from council bluffs. Now you, and I uh, played soccer against him growing up. He went to St. Albert's high school and he was like, yeah, I used to play soccer against you every year, blah, blah, blah. So then just started hanging out with them. And then through them, I met a whole bunch of different Iowa people. And then through them met more Iowa people. And then wow. it's the same kind of crew and guys. I, 
kind of hang out with that here still. So it kind of, kind of all worked out and then fell in love with uh, snowboarding in the mountains, of course, and kind of the whole state of Colorado is pretty, pretty cool. And there's always something to, something going on, you know, so I ended up staying out here. I was, I actually moved back to help my brother who was coaching at Warburg in 2014. Um, but I only lasted 10 months and then came back out here. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, now you're out there. Are you out there for good? Um, I think so. I just got yeah. married last June. Nice. Um, so, um, you know, we both, she's originally from Iowa as well. Went to Brent or went to from Brent, went to West Hancock high school. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, both of our families are back in Iowa still. Yeah. Um, you know, she has a brother and a sister. I got two older brothers and, and whatnot. So we'll see. I mean, we're we're enjoying it right now and kind of hanging out and you know, kid free and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean uh yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows what life will take us. So yeah. Yeah, you I've you you just said or you mentioned that you played soccer. You were pretty good at soccer, weren't you? You were all state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up, growing up, soccer, wrestling were kind of the two two main sports. So, uh, yeah, and I enjoyed playing soccer. My dad, you know, coached me in both ever since I was teeny tiny. So he uh, he had a we had like a club like a club soccer team growing up and whatnot. The same like fifteen kids in this in our small town of I or in Glenwood um, mm-hmm. used to go to Omaha quite a bit and counseled us quite a bit. And then yeah. same crew, we all kind of stuck together throughout high school and had some success and whatnot. So it was pretty cool and fun to fun yeah. to do. But did you like make it to state and or sub state yeah. or anything? Oh yeah, yeah. So my freshman year we got third. Um, oh, wow. at state and then my sophomore year we got third at state and my junior year we were 18 and 0 uh first rank going in uh number one ranked at state and got beat first round um Ooh. so yeah it was against uh, so i still remember it's against iowa city regina um can't think of the kid's name he ended up being a kicker for the university of iowa the kicker <laughs> starting murray or something like that he was like their starting kicker for like three years and he was the one that scored that goal who beat us but uh yeah we were we were solid man um we had any you know, two three four kids that played went and played you know at the like d3 juco kind of um level for soccer too so but yeah it was it was Hmm. soccer and wrestling were were definitely the two two sports did you get looked at for soccer or did that even cross your mind to do soccer instead of wrestling yeah um i actually was kind of thinking about doing both um you know my older brother kirk was at warper um at the time, well, he would have graduated my freshman year, but he was still there or would have been there if I would have went there. And if I would have went somewhere like that or <clears throat> one of those smaller D3 schools, I I was thinking I was wanting to do both. Yeah, I just play soccer mm-hmm. and wrestling and just kind of see how it would go. Um, you know, it's pretty challenging to do one sport and and uh, and go to school, let alone two. Yeah. But um, that was kind of uh, – um, an option, I guess, when I was kind of going through that recruiting process back back in high school. So, were you better at soccer? I mean, you're a good wrestler, but you're, it sounds like you're pretty good at soccer too. Obviously, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, I enjoyed both. I loved playing both. Um, you know, I've heard from 
couple different multiple people that Kirk, my older brother, ended up playing soccer in college. And they always said that he was the better wrestler, but ended up playing soccer. And I was a better soccer player. Ended up <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I always kind of look back and and uh, kind of would have would have liked to maybe do that D three kind of thing right off the bat and, yeah. and and do both and kind of see how it went. But but yeah, yeah. So, what position? I was a goalkeeper. Oh no, kidding! Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was I was one of the the weird goalkeeper in the in the in the in the net. So yeah, but I enjoyed it. Yeah nice and so when did was it hard to mix wrestling with soccer because i assume there were soccer camps and soccer stuff going on in the summer same time as wrestling i mean um no i mean i when when i was younger you know i did the whole odp and club and whatnot for soccer and then i also you know always went to uh a couple camps and and fargo and whatnot um, but I, I guess growing up, I never felt like it was too much or mm-hmm. overwhelming. I think there was always a solid balance between the two. I mean, the nice thing about both of them is, is wrestling is obviously in the winter and then soccer for Iowa anyway, it's in the, it's in the fall or it's in the, um, why am I getting, it's in the spring. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. we're in most sports in high school soccer for soccer. It's in the, it's in the fall. So, I mean, it's different seasons. Um, you know, I actually really enjoyed it when I got done with wrestling and, and, uh, February there having that break from wrestling and going right into soccer. Yeah. That it was mm-hmm. a good, uh, mentally and physically and emotionally kind of everything kind of a good break um mm-hmm. you know get away from wrestling and then get right back and get right into you know a different sport but still being competitive and still kind of chasing um you know a state title really in high school was was always um kind of the goal so um no i mean i don't think it ever overlapped but it was definitely fun to kind of be competitive and be passionate about both of them so yeah because your your wrestling team was really good too yeah, well, it's it's funny because I would say the majority of our wrestlers, our good wrestlers, were our, were our, our soccer players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was the same kind of core of kids, I should say, the six, seven, eight kids that kind of made up our starting lineup in the wrestling was our six, <laughs> seven kids that made up our starting lineup for our soccer team. So, mm-hmm. um, same yeah. kids that ran around together, you know, ever since we were like six, seven years old. So. Um, pretty cool yep yeah ty copsy was the one that kind of stuck out to me did he play soccer too no he's actually one of the few that didn't so uh, (laughs) now copsy is a good buddy of mine uh he was just in my wedding um stay in contact with him quite quite a bit i was actually texting him this morning um but yeah he's uh he's a funny story on him is he uh when he was growing up he was kind of a short or not want to say short, but a chunky kind of yep. a chunky kid with spiked hair. And we always call him fat tie. Um, <laughs> and then, and then he grew up just, you know, uh, winning a couple or one in one state title, a couple time finalist. And then he was a four time all American at Augustana actually D two. Um, so he ended up having a great college career. And yeah. Well, yeah he's, <laughs> Yeah, he's a good buddy of mine, so I can give I can give him crap and call him fat tie. So, <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What kind of kid were you? Oh, oh heck, man! I don't know. I was pretty ordinary, I think, growing up yeah. in high school. <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know. I was adventurous. I was very sporty. Um, wasn't much of a sit in a classroom um, 
kind of guy, but I'm always like staying active. Um, you know, I think I like being social, but the older I get, the less I <laughs> like being around people. And yeah. if you kind of hang out with me and know me well, now it's uh, I like my couch time. That's for sure. My, yeah. my uh, I'm usually in bed by by nine o'clock at the latest most every night. So, mm-hmm. um, but now I was definitely already back in high school and all that's for sure. But, <laughs> Did you try out all the sports? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm mainly, I mean, I played football, so I didn't, my, my parents actually wouldn't let me play football until seventh grade. Wow. Um, so I started playing football in seventh grade and then played all throughout high school. So really, you know, wrestling or football, wrestling, soccer, um, I never did, you know, track or cross country or you know, anything like that. So, mm-hmm. but you know, football, um, you know, I, uh, played football, like I said, from seventh through 12th and did fairly well. Like I, was the running back and play defense and stuff like that and really enjoyed uh football as well so but the, yeah those three were the kind of the main three that i always did so you did all three in high school mm, yeah yeah oh. did all three yeah football is definitely purely seasonal um, yeah they yeah. do much outside of that <laughs> that like 10 12 week season football high school football season but you know wrestling and soccer were definitely the i put a lot more time um time and uh, effort and and resources into that's for sure yeah i'm kind of curious a little bit more like you know obviously want to talk about some wrestling but your soccer background like because your family has a deep history in wrestling was there also like kind of a similar way in in soccer like where did the soccer come from no, that's a, that's a kind of a, a funny question. Yeah. Funny stories. My mom and dad actually grew up, both grew up in Guthrie center. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, small town. And then we moved off the farm. I want to say I was like three. So I want to say like 90, well, I was born in 87. So around like 1990. Um, and then that's when we moved to Glenwood. And before then my parents, my dad has never even probably never played soccer, never really seen soccer before. Yeah. And and once we moved to to the big city of Glenwood, right? They had, <laughs> they had soccer and whatnot. And, you know, both my mom and dad ended up, you know, always coaching our little youth teams and, and whatnot. And then, yeah, I don't, I, I guess, I don't know. I need to ask my dad how he kind of pursued and, and created that that team because he did he did a uh, like a traveling club team from for kirk my older brother and like that age group and then once they got in high school they he did the same thing um for like my age group so i don't know he just i think he just enjoyed coaching enjoyed you know developing youth athletes and soccer i guess just kind of you know struck you know struck something inside him and he kind of took off with it so it ended up working out yeah working out pretty well for him because he was the he was the head coach for at our high school for I want to say like eleven ish years or really? so. Um so he had a he had a good career coaching career doing that as well. So hmm. yeah because yeah, like soccer's not it's a growing sport obviously but like in Iowa it's not a, a huge sport. So I'm like did you have a soccer team in high school all the way like or when did the you know did Glenwood always have a soccer team? Because Monona MFMR Mac doesn't you know, uh, I moved yeah. to Monticello my junior year and they did. So I played soccer for two years and I thought it was fun. It was my break <laughs> as well. My break, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah. Like who did you play? I'm just, this whole soccer thing is curious. Yeah, no, uh, I want to say Glenwood got a high school program. So I have my oldest brother, Ben, he graduated in 2000 mm-hmm. and I want to say they had it 
all four years when she was in high school. So I think wow. I got it in like 94, 95 ish. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, continue to obviously have the program throughout and they still do, but like the team, same team. So like Lewis central, um, out of, out of council bluffs, uh, like Carol Kemper, um, you know, like Shenandoah, Clorinda, they didn't have one, but like Denison, um, always had one Creston, um, St. Albert's and council bluffs, Sioux city schools, Sioux city North, mm-hmm. um, Sioux city healing. Um, I mean, heck, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do know, especially now there's been quite like Harlan, um, always had one, but I know more and more schools have gotten one. I want to yeah. say when I was in high school at Creston, that was like one of their first couple years. Um, I mean, like, gosh, heck, I can't even think of some of the Red Oak never had one. I don't mm-hmm. think, but I think most of a lot of those schools do now. Hmm. Um, the Hawkeye 10 conference, most all those schools do. So, um, yeah. Hmm. Huh. Were you always the goalkeeper or when did you finally? Uh, yeah, I was always the goalie, man. I, uh, <laughs> I, I let them do all the running around and I think ever since I could remember, I was always the goalie. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I actually enjoyed playing on the field. I did, but um, you know, I, I guess, yeah, I just, I was always the goalkeeper and um, yeah, it just kind of seemed to, to be natural and whatnot standing back there. And <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it's fun time. It was, it was yeah. fun. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess now shifted a little bit to wrestling. Uh, like, when did you start wrestling? Did you start wrestling really young too, because it was just something that your family did, or how did that start? Yeah, I mean, ever ever since I could remember, um, you know, I was so I'm the youngest of three. I have mm-hmm. two, older, yeah, I have two older brothers, and ever since I could remember, I was going to watch my brothers wrestle before I could even kind of compete. Um, and I've seen videos where I have, you know, the super baggy thing like with the tape tape on uh, straps on the yep. back is just socks on no shoes. And I, I kind of have been older than, you know, pre preschool probably mm-hmm. uh, getting thrown out there and whatnot. So, but yeah, it's uh, my, you know, my dad and his brothers and, you know, my brothers, you know, wrestling being the youngest, it was just kind of something I got thrown into and yeah, kind of tradition, I guess. Yeah. Did you ever, did you get like wrestle your older brothers at all or get beat up on by them? <laughs> oh yeah. We're, we're all pretty competitive. Um, yeah. I know and I say, oh yeah, growing up, we'd always in the living room. We had a trampoline that I probably got chucked oh. off, you know, <laughs> I don't know how many times and whatnot. Yeah. So, and that was before we had, had those cage or those fin or those cages around the tramp. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, super competitive. I mean, we we still when we go back home for Christmas and whatnot, we'll well, uh, it's a little different wrestling now because we only last about thirty to forty five <laughs> seconds and yep. get a few get a few drinks in us and we're we're throwing each other around or yeah stupid so yeah what are your brothers up to now so ben he's the oldest he's uh he lives in waukee mm-hmm. um and he works he works uh downtown for uh you know it's like a logistics kind of freight train company down there um in des moines and then kirk he runs this the iowa rush soccer uh, he's like a director of the Irish 
soccer academy there and uh um, there's like three or four different locations but he him and his wife live in ames um and then they have so my ben has uh, an older son who's actually going to be a junior or yeah a junior in high school which is crazy to think about and then he has a little daughter uh, mia and then kirk has four boys um yeah all under so deacon is the oldest and he's Oh man, I need, I should know this. Uh, he's a first grader. Yeah. So Deacon's a first grader. And then the next one or the second oldest is a kindergartner. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then it goes down from there. Isaac, the youngest Jeez. is like a year and a half. So yeah, they're all, they're, they're a handful. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And what do you, you just have, um, I saw a picture. You just have your dog. Your wife and your dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's my we're doggy, uh, doggy parents and whatnot. She's a Bernese mountain dog and she's seven now. So for that breed, she's getting, she's getting kind of a little, she's getting up there in age. They, they mm-hmm. only live at like six or eight, but she's, she's healthy doing well. So yeah, we just kick it and hang out with her. <laughs> How big is she? <laughs> she was last time we went her, she was about 125. Wow. Yeah, okay. so she's a big girl. Yeah. Yeah, but she's awesome. She rocks, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What made you want to get that breed of a dog? I'm curious, because they're, uh, they're just, they're bigger dogs, so, you know, you got to take that into consideration a little bit, I guess. Yeah, no, I don't I think, because uh, I really wanted a husky, like a husky type. Yeah. And then she, Rachel, my wife, I think, I mean, honestly, she moved out here in like 20, like 16. And I think she might've saw one on, cause they're pretty popular out here. Um, you oh, see really? them. Yeah. You see them quite a bit out here, but I think, yeah, she just saw them and got introduced to them somehow and kind of fell in love with them. And we actually found that, or she found a breeder back in uh, story city, Iowa is where we got her from. Wow. Uh, yeah. But she, picked her up on the way out when she was moving out here to Colorado um, and then brought her out and she's been out here ever since. So mm. yeah, she's a, she's a great breed. Yeah. We probably won't get another breed other than yeah. breeds ever again. Really? Yeah. They probably take really well to that climate. I'm sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, they do. Uh, a couple of my, I got a couple of my buddies. Um, I've had them um, or have one and, um, like one of them goes on 14ers and big hikes and, and whatnot with them. But my, mine Ooh. lasts about one mile and she's out. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, they like being up in the, they're mountain dogs, you know, so the yeah. weather doesn't phase them one bit. She loves the cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're, they're great dogs. Yeah. Dude. Uh, have you ever like climbed a 14 mountain or you know, 14,000? You know, is that something you do? Yeah. Well, uh, so I try to do one, one a year. Really? Yeah, one a year is my uh, is kind of my uh, my goal. Um, and then I, I one and done. I don't do any more. <laughs> I don't do any more than that. But yeah, I got a couple of my buddies out here, uh, both Iowa boys actually. Um, we always go on a, like a camping trip and hit hit a fourteen or once every year. So nice. How long does it take? It just kind of depends on the peak that you're doing. Um, like last year. Um, it took roughly, let me pull it up here. Actually, I always write them down, the the ones that I actually do. Um, but yeah, it takes takes roughly between like four to eight-ish hours. So like last year we did okay. Mount, okay. Mount, 
Mount Beard stat. And I want to say we were up and down. That was one of the easier ones that we've done. And I want to say we were up and down in about five and a half, six hours on that one. Hmm. Yeah, that's not that doesn't seem that does not. I've never done it, but that doesn't seem bad. I'm sure sure it's bad when you're doing it, but I'm like, okay, five five and a half showers isn't doesn't seem like a long time. Yeah, it's it's more the incline that 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 gets an elevation gain. I mean, once you hit about twelve thousand, that's about tree line and whatnot, and that's when you can start really feeling it in your lungs. Really, and and, uh, yeah, the elevation and. When that will start getting up, and that's when uh, I always my motto is the turtle turtle wins the race. So it's like five steps, stop, five steps, stop, five steps, stop. So you really? just gotta keep, gotta keep moving. Um, and that that's me. I mean, everybody. Mm-hmm. There's there's some people on those trails that will, you know, it's thirty degrees out, and I got no shirt on and shorts, <laughs> and they're jogging by us, and I'm like, oh, you. <laughs> yeah. So there's always one or two of those every yeah. every year, but. But uh, yeah, no, it, de- it definitely challenges. Yeah, that's for mm-hmm. sure. So, and it's always once you hit the hit the top and whatnot, it's always kind of a cool, cool yeah. feeling and, and and whatnot to do, especially at our age anymore. We don't, or at least me, I don't, I don't tend to physically push myself uh, <laughs> very, very, uh, very hard anymore. So it's, it's kind of my one year, one time out every year that I actually uh, kind of push past, wait, push past my comfort zone. So yeah, it's fun to that's do. Awesome, and that then, huh? I'm thinking about like, yeah, five steps, man. It, so what's it like when you get up to that point? Like, does it burn? I'm just curious about how you know, well, and all that. I think it affects kind of everybody a little bit differently. Um, yeah. And I think it, it's just air's thinner, right? So it's a little bit harder to breathe and get that full kind of breath of air as you, as you, you get going. But my legs usually, like I said, once I had about 12, five or so, they just seem like they're just, they got like oh. 50 pound weights on each one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and plus like, like we're on, you know, pretty, yeah. pretty a steep incline. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's about five or five, 10 steps when you get hit that point. Um, you know, you gotta kind of stop and, and kind of recover, you know, I mean, throughout the trail, it's different terrain as well. So those switchbacks can, can be a little bit easier at, in some places or whatnot, but, mm. um, you always have that, that camel pack on you and you're sucking up water. And mm-hmm. I always bring, I always bring like trail mix with like chocolates and peanuts and stuff too. So, but no, it's, it's a good time. It's a fun time. Like I said, uh, me and those same guys camp out and then, after we get done with the 14 or we go back to camp and and you're so exhausted you drink about a beer or two and you're got a good buzz going so <laughs> sit around a fire and throw a couple steaks over it and, and whatnot so nice. fun, fun trip yeah has your wife gone with you before <laughs> no no she doesn't she doesn't dabble with that those 14 or type of stuff she goes she yeah so this is a funny story a couple of years ago she came camping and then obviously we wake we wake up we try to last couple of years get on the trail by you know like 5 a.m at the at the latest so you have a yeah. couple hours where you have the headlamps on and you're you're hiking up through the dark which i really like because it kind of when you know when it's kind of dark and the only thing you can kind of see is through your headlamp i guess like mentally it kind of helps me anyway not realizing mm-hmm. what i'm getting myself into for those <laughs> hours and then when that sun and then the sun usually comes up and uh and whatnot and and then uh yeah, it's it's a good time. But no, she uh, a couple of years ago she came camping with us, 
and we woke up early and th- this was a longer one. So it probably took us around like seven ish, seven and a half to okay. you know, get up and down. Mm-hmm. And we got back and her and her friend were at a little Mexican restaurant in Buena Vista, uh, Colorado, just mm-hmm. so they're about three, four margaritas deep just having, <laughs> having a good old best time and our feet were aching and our knees were aching and, and whatnot. But now she's uh, she's not a big hiker, but she's a, she, she supports me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. Nice. <laughs> now, um, how did you meet? How'd you meet your wife? Um, so when I moved back and helped coach at Warper with my brother in mm-hmm. 2014, um, she was in graduate school at UNI. Um, mm-hmm. and then she actually, so I met her through my brother's wife, Ashley. Um, they went to graduate school together. So then when I moved back and started coaching with them, I, you know, she was hanging out with kind of that same group and crew and hung out with my sister-in-law and, and that's how we, how we met and whatnot. And then started dating that year. Um, and then, like I said, I was only there for 10 months, or 11, 11, 10, 11 months, and then moved back out here to Colorado. And then we did the whole long distance thing for a year. Um, it worked out through the year and then she moved out in 2016 and then we've been living living together ever since so just got married a year ago and we had our first doggy child about seven years ago so it's all working yeah. out nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um what made you go back to warburg and coach because were you did you go directly from college because you went well i should say you went out to colorado in 2011 when you graduated yep. and where you said you took a few years off from wrestling well, yeah. Well, so I graduated yeah. in 2011, mm-hmm. moved out to Colorado right after I graduated in like May-ish, June is when mm-hmm. I moved out to Colorado. And then my brother, Kirk, it was the head soccer coach at Warburg. So I actually went back and coached with him on the on the soccer the soccer side of things at Warburg. So oh. I didn't even I didn't even step foot in that wrestling room at Warburg when I yeah. was there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kirk was the head coach at Warburg for the soccer head coach at Warburg for I want to say like nine ish years. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and so yeah, so I moved back in 2014 and and just was his assistant there um, at Warburg. So yep, and then that's where we met. Well, you were the assistant soccer coach, correct? Yes. Yeah, oh, I don't know why I thought you were the soccer coach, not wrestling. Coach. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. So. Hmm. Okay. So by that point, like, did you even like when you were done wrestling, were you just, did you just need a break? Were you just done? Yeah, I was, I was definitely done, done. My, I mean, I graduated in 2011. I was pretty beat up my knee yeah. shoulder and just kind of mentally just was just, I mean, I, I very much enjoyed it. Very glad I did it um, and finished it through. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, it taught me, taught me a lot right but right. at the same time i think just physically i was just beat up mentally i would i was very exhausted and i was just ready to kind of step away for a while um yeah. you know I, and i did um which was which was healthy and then you know got the itch again about four or five years later of being away and mm-hmm. you know, i've been back in it ever since and you know i i very much enjoy the coaching aspect of, of the sport for sure. And developing and being around, you know, I think high school is definitely 
um, after been coaching at the youth level, <laughs> more of my uh, <clears throat> more fits kind of like my my philosophies and yeah. my personality and like the, the the type of you know age group I, I I enjoy you know coaching and being around. So I mean these little. These little ones, man, they'll, they'll get you. They'll eat you up and spit you. Yeah. Out sure, so. But uh, yeah, no, I uh, I definitely enjoy the coaching aspect for sure. Yeah, I, I do have a question. So, be, being from a wrestling family like you are, and my family's been pretty heavy into wrestling too. I wonder if there were ever any times where you didn't like wrestling or where you wanted to step away, but you felt like. Uh, maybe I can't because my family's a wrestling family. You know, did you ever go through something like that? Do you understand what I'm kind of getting at? Yeah, no, I totally understand um, what, you're, what you're saying. Um, I guess as far as as far as uh, kind of me, um, you know, I think my family has always been very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. I don't think they would ever, if I ever quit or ever, uh, you know, stepped away. You know, they we'd probably have a definitely a sit down and a conversation about it, but either way they would have supported me. Right. Um, so I think just more from, it was, it was more for me and always, always was right. Um, but as far as ever wanting to step away, um, you know, I think I saw the bigger picture where wrestling was kind of my foundation to stay through school, um, Mm -hmm. at the college level. Um, and I knew how important that was for my future, um, is to get, through school mm-hmm. um so i think i use that more as a tool to keep me focused um in school and in life more than anything but mm-hmm. i think that's what you know the sport of wrestling does teach it right is uh you know all those ingredients that kind of build that foundation to set you up for success in life um mm-hmm. so i think you know that the, the sport itself just kind of taught me to to you know toughen up when things got you know, a little tough and to not quit and commit yourself and, you know, battle through it and, and whatnot. So, um, I, yeah, I don't think, I think there's definitely times, especially in those past, last couple of years where I was, you know, I was pretty uh, cashed out. That's for sure. But, um, I think I just knew I had to keep on the ground and keep going through it. Cause I knew mm-hmm. I, there was light at the end of the tunnel. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, cause I was, I was thinking about it and, you know, you were two-time finalist two-time runner-up, you know, and I read that you hated losing, you know? <laughs> so I'm just like, gosh, how did you deal? You know, everyone hates losing to, you know, that to some degree, you know, but um, how did you deal with, you know, your hatred of losing and losing on the biggest stage? That's had to be tough. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, yeah, definitely tough. Um, yeah, like you said, nobody likes losing. That's that's for dang sure. But um, you know, at the at the same time, I think um, I think it kind of lit a fire more than you know took the fire out. I guess after my junior and senior year losing in the finals, that um, like that. But you know, I think you know I've always been pretty self driven. Um, and I was kind of had a chip on my shoulder um, and kind of more than anything, just wanted to see what I could do. And I knew I had the potential um, yeah. to do it. Um, you know, I think there's, there's always going to be obstacles and, you know, looking back at it now, I wouldn't say I regretted anything, but I definitely enjoyed myself a little bit too much outside of the wrestling room, (laughs) (laughs) which can put a burden on, you know, kind of your wrestling goals and whatnot. But, um, 
No, I think if anything, you know, losing it kind of the you know, in the state finals like that just kind of, you know, lit a fire and continue to drive me to want to get better and want to improve and see what I could do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what about on the flip side of that? I also read um, that you, when you placed, you placed seventh as a freshman and you were, you were punked. And I'm like, I was wondering if, why were you so pumped? Were you, did you not expect it or like what? Um, why were you pumped? I, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, no. I think uh, just being a freshman, I think. And then having that, you know, being in the barn, um, yeah. being around that atmosphere and having that experience. Um, you know, it was definitely something personally I expected. I expected to be on that stand and I expected to be, you know, higher than that, that seventh place match. But I think just winning that, because I lost my first round match in overtime. Um, to uh, Brett Simon, I think, uh, West Liberty kid. Does that sound right? Oh, mm-hmm. um, and then won my next match. And then my next, my, that blood round match, I just pulled it out. I was like three, two. It was a, it was a really close match. And I just still remember like after the match instantly got over, like looking up and the fans were going wild. And, you know, as a 14 year old kid or 15 year old kid or whatever I was, you know, that was, that was a pretty cool experience. So something that, you know, I was pretty jacked up, pretty pumped up about. So yeah. I think it continued to kind of set the tone, um, especially, you know, throughout my high school career that, you know, you know, I was good enough and I had the potential to, to be there and, and, you know, be one of the best. So yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was a fun experience. Yeah. So what about like, so you said you expected to be there, maybe expected to be a little higher because you, you did have a successful AAU career. And so like when you go, when you went into your freshman year and you started your high school career, like what, what expectations and goals do you remember having for yourself? Um, I think, you know, my, the expectations, my personal goals were always very high. Um, yeah. And I, I, I was one of those kids ever since uh, probably third or fourth grade, I always wrote down, I had this notebook and it was pretty much my, the results and my goals and just like little like sayings and little things that I always had from like third grade throughout until I graduated high school um, and whatnot. So I guess personally, I always kind of had big goals for myself. I remember my freshman year, um, our high school coach always made us write out our goals and then we taped them to our locker and being a, being a state place winner, um, was on there. Um, so I always had kind of a, you know, that, that standard and that level that I wanted to be at. Um, but you know, I always kind of had the support as well. So I don't think, you know, growing up in a small town, like, as you know, yeah, you know, we're, you know, ornery little kids that, you know, wrestling is a big part of our lives, but you know, we went to school and we hung out with our non-wrestling friends and, you know, messed around and, you know, kind of had the pressure not, you know, so much swallowing us up at all times. So, um, you know, I had a good childhood growing up and I was, like I said, pretty laid back, um, kind of social kid. So, um, I don't think I put too much pressure on myself. So that kind of, I think helped out, you know, the process as I was growing up and in high school and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think I always, uh, I always try to push myself and set myself, you know, at the highest standard and expectation as possible. So, 
Did you, uh, so if you were such a laid back and just kind of social, social kid and person in general, did you like have to flip a switch when you stepped on the wrestling mat to, or as you were warming up to kind of get in the zone or to get like fired up, you know? Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, I was always taught that, you know, you got to be, you know, the super, the nicest, um, you know, super nice, great person off the mat, right? When you say, please, you say, thank you. Um, and then when, once you step on the mat, you know, you're a totally different person. You got to be mean. You got to go out there um, <clears throat> kind of take what you want um, as far as that goes. So I think, you know, I was taught that at a very young age, right, is, is it has to be kind of two different animals is that, mm-hmm. you know, the one animal in, in life where, you know, you got to kind of be nice to everybody or that second, that second one, when you step on the mat is you're out there for, you know, for a purpose and for a reason and, and to get the job done. So yeah, there was definitely that switch um, that always kind of clicked once you kind of stepped there, stepped out there on the mat and shook hands uh, for sure. But, you know, I had great coaches and, you know, my dad was always, uh, um, you know, there and supportive and kind of taught me those little things like that to kind of, mm-hmm you know, turn that switch on and, and, and got to go. So how did you get pumped up? <laughs> uh, well, I, I was kind of, um, like I said, I was pretty laid back, man. Like I, uh, as far as warmups goes, I was, I didn't get, <laughs> you know, I was pretty chill, pretty just kind of standing over there pacing. I didn't get too crazy or, you know, my, uh, if you ask anybody I went to high school with, we, uh, we always listened to, uh, kind of like R and B, like slow, like jams, like doing <laughs> yeah, our warm ups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't, huh. don't know why that's how that started or why that started, but um, <laughs> you know, we weren't the 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 raw raw type of you know team, or I wasn't the raw raw type of guy, and mm-hmm. uh, so I was. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it was just more mental. I think as far as a warm up goes, I was visual, like visually. Um, I did a lot of like visualization of really? getting that first takedown and you're putting yourself in positions and scoring points and how I was going to do this if I got in this certain position and stuff like that. And again, that was, mm. you know, things I just, you know, got taught and learned, you know, growing up um, as I was growing up with the coaches I had and my dad and stuff like that. So. Wow. Nice. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's starting to become a bigger, bigger thing or more prominent thing is visualization and, you know, mental and seeing yourself in situations and stuff like that. But I, you know, back then and to, you know, 2000, 2005, like that wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm impressed that that was something that you were already implementing into yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy how far along the, the uh, kind of the, how should I say like the, the realm or the, the sports performance type of, um, training these kids kind of do these days compared to like what we went through. Right. (laughs) It was, we were more, I guess, old school now for sure. Mm -hmm. But like now, I mean, just, uh, the things that these kids are doing just on a, you know, uh, emotional, a mental standpoint, mental mindset type of, uh, you know, attack versus, you know, just strictly kind of physical, more of like what we, I guess, maybe got, how we grew up and how yeah. we trained, um, you know, growing up. So, yeah, I mean, just that it's evolved, you know, quite a bit since, since we, since we were there going through it. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you just remind me of like, I'm thinking back to 
they were right. They were really right around the time where they were starting to try to implement um, body fat testing. You know, it was a thing, but not really. And so, <laughs> you know, you kind of cheat the system a little bit, you yeah. know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Just yeah, because made- I think, didn't they didn't they do weigh-ins like the day before or the night before back in like the late nineties, wasn't that? Jeez. Yep. Cause I don't even think, or like the, like the morning before where they had like all day to eat. uh, Yeah. I don't know. No, that might make sense. So yeah. I'm trying to think. Cause we always had, I think it was a two hour or one hour, two hour before weigh-ins. Yeah, right? for tournaments, I think, I think we had two hours, didn't we? For tournaments, for tournaments, two hours, and I think for duels, it was one hour. Right. That that that, that sounds right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, and, and even when we were in high school, they would just take that little—I don't even know what they call it anymore—that pincher for the yep. body. Yeah. They're like, oh, it looks like the eleven <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No hydration test. I don't think ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. Did you ever do a hydration? Yeah, think. yeah, but um, we would, gosh, I'm out, but whatever. We would, um, you know, if it was a little too, like, colored, we'd just add a little bit of water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Some, some of the stuff that we did, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they've, in that aspect, I think they've come, come, uh, a long way in protecting, <laughs> in protecting the kids and putting more yeah. rules and regulations. So I think that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The sport, so. Did you cut much weight? No, nah, I mean, in high school, I didn't. I, I met my freshman and sophomore year. I mean, I cut a little bit, um, but not too much. And in my junior, senior, I walked around, around like I wrestled both years at 160 and I didn't, I weighed one, you know, 59, 160, you know, really? Um, so no, I didn't cut too much. And then in college, my, when I was at Iowa state, my freshman year, when I was wrestling at 165, um, I was walking around like 175 ish at that time and whatnot. Yeah. But no, I was never, uh, uh, one to cut too much, too much weight. So was that by design? Was that like a, because also your team was set at 52 or did you just not want to cut weight? Um, well, I think both. I mean, at the time, Ryan Collins, who was uh, a three-time placer, one-time finalist for us, he was our 52-pounder. Um, so, I mean, I think he was, you know, I think he walked around a few pounds lighter than I was and just could make 52 easy, a lot easier easier than I could. And yeah. I was totally okay with being at 160 and whatnot. So, I think that played into it. And then, yeah, I guess I just just didn't really – didn't have you know i think just the dynamics of you know the team and everything that that was going on there's no reason to cut down to 52 right so um yeah nor did i like not eating (laughs) i was was totally okay with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you know i'll be honest you seem like a pretty pretty lean person in general anyway you know so like you know while you're talking about this i'm like gosh would it have been maybe okay for him to go to 45 but then i'm like now we're getting kind of you know you know, like i said you're already lean so now we're getting kind of really lean <laughs> yeah yeah i was always pretty uh pretty tall and skinny or not yeah pretty lean or, or whatnot so yeah mm-hmm. 45 was definitely out of the question i remember my sophomore year 
was probably the the year that I cut the most. And that was that was tough, especially at the end. Um, I do remember mm-hmm. that. So yeah, and I did grow a little bit and whatnot. So yeah, 45 was definitely out of the question. You know, 52 I could have definitely made, but you know, I felt healthy, I felt strong. Um at 16. Honestly, I was one of those kids that always wanted to get bigger and um mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, you know, I enjoyed being in the weight room um, and I enjoyed lifting. I'd lift after practice almost every day um, back in my junior, senior year. Um, so I just, I don't know why. I just always wanted to be bigger. Always wanted to be <laughs> yeah. bigger weights. Like if I would have, if I could have put on, a, you know, another five pounds, I would have popped up to 171. No yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be going up in weight than down on weight. So yeah. What about your brothers? Were they? they cut weight or what was their weight like? Uh, well, Ben was a little bit smaller. I think he graduated at 140. Um, <laughs> and then Kirk, he graduated at, I think, 52, 45, 52. Um, <laughs> but I know he did cut quite a bit of weight because um, he, uh, he he won it at 145, I believe. And I, I think he cut quite a bit of weight um, to make that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think, you know, you know, I think one of my biggest pet peeves, especially for the sport is people think they have to cut weight, right. To be, yeah. good, to be successful. Right. And I, I, I completely disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and luckily we did have coaches and, and, you know, parents and the support system that understood that as well. Um, so I think we were never pressured or, you know, didn't have to cut that much weight. Um, yeah. so I think, you know, that was very healthy on that kind of end of things. But, um, yeah, no, I think, I don't think they cut too much either, you know, just a healthy amount where they felt strong and, you know, every, all of us could lose, you know, two, three pounds by not eating you know, <laughs> yeah. a little dinner, eating a little healthier, I should say, is the way to go about it. But I think that's yeah. the biggest problem is kids stop eating. And then yeah, that's what, yeah. that's, you know, kind of counterproductive, but, um, no. yeah. You guys seem to be ahead of the curve a little bit, I feel, you know, because you're talking about like visualization and that you weren't really a weight cutter or weight cutting team per se. And you had soccer since like 94. <laughs> <laughs> All those things are what I feel like schools are adopting still to this day. And Glenwood was doing it since, you know, the 90s. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I mean, I look, I mean, Glenwood now, I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, the facilities they have, their wrestling room now, they have their weight room, their high school, um, just the town in general, mm-hmm. um, you know, has, has, has come a long way. I think just Southwest Iowa, I mean, Lewis Central has yeah. always been kind of a, um, kind of a powerhouse, Creston, you know, throughout, yeah. even back in when I was in high school, I think. Yeah. with you know andrew long and then and, and those type of wrestlers that came through crest and they were always tough as a team and still yeah. are yeah um you know there's southwest iowa has you know always had some pretty good you know wrestling programs i think being right there by you know like the omaha schools and whatnot too because we wrestled like prep and miller south and gross oh, yeah. and Platzman and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit too but yeah no i think just wrestling too traditionally um, the town, you know, the Dyers or the, the head, I mean, Bob Dyer was the head coach there for like 30 years um, <laughs> in Glenwood and whatnot. So I think, you know, I think there is just a tradition there and a lot of knowledge and a lot of, uh, um, you know, guys and people that grew up wrestling and stayed around the town and supported wrestling. So 
I think just culture wise and tradition wise, the town, you know, is a good town to grow up in for being a wrestler for sure. And I don't want to sound negative. I don't know, but I, it's a smaller town. So for it to have these things, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Pretty awesome that a smaller town, because how big is Glenwood? You know, uh, yeah, six thousand, five thousand, five six. I don't know. I thought okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, because I well, for one, I got married there. I got married at Bellaterra. Uh, okay, so it's right outside Glenwood, and we went yeah. into Glenwood. Um, I think that's where I got my bike. You know? <laughs> I got it on like the Facebook Marketplace or whatever, and somebody was selling the bike. Yeah, and I'm like, it just seems like a small town, but we must have been on the edge of it. I guess I. You know, because we would drive through it a few times, but we must have hit just the edge of it or something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of your typical Iowa town. Um, You know, my parents don't live there anymore, so I haven't even been back for Uh uh, three, four-ish years. They live on Lake Panorama now outside kind of like Panora Guthrie Center. Nice. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, just my brother's living in Waukee and Ames. Um, you know, that's kind of when I do go back for the holidays and whatnot. That's kind of where I, you know, end up being. But yeah, no, I think uh, you know, I, I, you know, being in the city now for about eleven-ish years, uh, I enjoyed it very much when I was, you know, those first. I still enjoy it, but I think now I definitely do appreciate, you know, my small town upbringing. Um, yeah, kind of the community and the culture that it brings. We're out here, you know, especially when I was coaching at that high school, it was just, it was very different dynamics, uh, mm-hmm. very different culture, very, and, and it doesn't help either that it was a very, there was about 2,200 students. There's a five A school and they're, they're very traditionally uh, known and big in basketball. Um, like their girls program, their five or three other starting five were D one signees right wow. so wrestling kind of kind of got thrown a little bit you know under the which was fine which i actually enjoyed being kind of being a young head coach because you know i got along with the ad very well and he kind of trusted me to make the right decisions and, and grow the program and he allowed me to do it so it was kind of a great you know first head coaching job um mm-hmm. so i was very thankful um to get it but yeah very very different dynamic being out here in a city with a big school and and just you know just everything just a little bit different than than that small community feel that iowa brings so i think For that's sure. what makes us those that small scale sport of wrestling so you know so uh so fun and so cool and to be a part of is because the community the whole community is you know supports you and had paints their stores and makes mm-hmm. posters when you go to stay and stuff like that we're out here it's you don't got nothing like that so yeah yeah and you just um we were neighbors with you know basically backyard neighbors with one of our um uh, one of the guys that wrestled um we were just you know you could ride your bike to the high school, like it, right. everyone's kind of in a little, yeah, it's just a smaller community. Whereas in a bigger city, you might live 30 minutes away from each other. Cause you just live on different ends of town, basically, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, just being in the kind of the club atmosphere out here, it's you like our club sits in Highlands ranch, which, which is a South suburb of uh, Denver. Mm-hmm. But when our, our, you know, our eighth graders, you know, they all, you know, when they go to high school, they all, 
you know, spread out to five, six, seven different high schools. So it's like that camaraderie, right. And that kind of, um, you know, brotherhood, if you want to call it that. And, you know, the, the, the bonds and the friendships that you make um, with those kids that you grew up and you wrestle your whole life with play soccer, your whole life with out here, they kind of, they all kind of go to whole different ways, which, you know, it's just different, I guess. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely appreciated the the you know same kids that you kind of yeah. grew up messing around with and getting in trouble with and competing <laughs> with you know they're, they're same yeah. same you know guys you talk to today so yeah <laughs> yeah the memory the memories just last a little bit longer you have those memories for you know for throughout the club and high school yeah absolutely <laughs> you get in more trouble somehow you get in more trouble as you get older. <laughs> yeah exactly oh geez um what what um how come you're not coaching now uh well so i i did the this past year we actually just got done our our youth state tournament out here was the first week in march so we just got done about three weeks ago um with the little youth program mm-hmm. I, I guess i met with like the high school oh for the high school, school. so yeah. i got a new well so at the time I was working for a small startup and just my, I had a lot of flexibility with my schedule. Mm-hmm. And so it allowed me to, to spend the time and the effort that it does take to run a high school program yeah. um, at the time. And then I just got a new job about a year ago and it's just different hours. I'm all the way out by the airport, which is about a 45 minute drive from where mm-hmm. I live. And it just, it just wasn't going to work out. And that whole COVID year, man, it was, kind of kind of there just kind of burned me out as far as uh i don't know a few just a few things that mm-hmm. didn't agree with i guess <laughs> yeah. on how to kind of handle it but yeah that was my last year was that covid year and whatnot but no i miss it man i got the itch i really i really want to get back into it so uh i'm kind of hoping mm-hmm. open here soon my schedule can kind of kind of adjust a little bit where I can get back into it. But as you know, I being a, being a coach at the high school level or really kind of any level, I mean, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort, um, a lot of resources um, to kind of build something. So, yeah. If you want to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. I've talked to yeah a few coaches and they put in even more work than I even thought, you know, I knew they put in a lot of time and effort, but after talking to them, like, Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, even with the the track system, track wrestling system, where you have to plug and play with all, you know, everything in there and, you know, just uh, fundraising and just yeah. in general. And then like I had 40, 42 kids on my roster, six of them were girls because at the time out here, girls were, didn't have their own separate. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so, yeah, just the whole dynamics of it. And that was actually during the process of them getting a girls, um, you know, affiliated, <laughs> sanctioned, um, you know, state tournament and whatnot. So then there started being girl only tournaments where the same weekend as my guy tournaments, but we were the same mm. team. And it's just like, yeah. Oh. And so luckily there's a couple solid assistant coaches that came on board and kind of ran with the girls and helped out, but yeah, it's a lot of work. It really yeah. is. I don't think people truly understand how much work, you know, um, it takes to not just run a program, but run a successful program at that. Yeah. So, yeah, 
Right. Um, so I guess it's about time. So I've been sitting on something here, a secret. Been sitting on a secret for about an hour now that we've been talking. Yeah. Um, my so your senior year, you made to the finals, and on your way to the finals, you beat somebody named Steve Crozier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so Steve Crozier, I went to high school. Oh, I didn't go to high school. I mean, he was older than me, but he went to my high school. Um, he's actually my brother-in-law. Ah, okay. <laughs> and so we always, Long world. yeah. So we always give him a hard time because, uh, he got third that year Yeah, because he lost to you. And so we always give him a hard time and we always talk about your match with him because it was actually a pretty crazy match. Uh-huh. I don't know yeah. like what the score was, but you beat him like. 15 to 11 or 19 to 12 or something. I don't know. He got to rolling around with you. And I don't know if that was like your, your specialty or something. If <laughs> you got him on his back a couple of times and uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I was actually going to ask you that because I know you're from, uh, uh, I got the, your jacket on too. Oh, right yeah. now. Yep, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that, um, so yeah, yeah. He, I think it ended up being, Oh, heck, I think it was like 18 to 12 or something. But, yeah, we got in some pretty crazy scrambles, and he would throw me to my back, and I'd roll through and put him on his back. And, yeah, I remember uh, – I think that was second round my junior year, I believe. Yeah, it was, yep, it was quarterfinals. Yeah, he was a big boy. I, I do remember yeah. that. The big – pretty big 60-pounder. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was uh, – I, I still remember I could barely even walk after that match. Really? That was, that was the last year at the bar in there. I just remember just walking the hat. Like there was like two flights of stairs, I think that first flight and then that landing and another flight. And I didn't even make it all the way down to the, <laughs> the basement. I just like sprawled out on that first landing. Yeah. So that's how tired I was. But yeah, he was, he was big, strong kid, man. Um, Cause didn't he end up going to air force? Yeah. Yep. He was like a D one national qualifier. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah that was, I, yeah. I still remember that. So yeah. That's so, cool. um, so yeah, I just they just always we always bring that up because he, he <laughs> well he the the funny thing I guess if you want I don't know if it's funny but he pinned everybody else at state, but you and you beat him and <laughs> I don't like I said I don't know if that was that kind of your style like you were kind of funky and you could throw and you could you know <laughs> so because he got yeah. to roll around with you and I think I remember like them going we that's that was not what we wanted to do or that's not what <laughs> we to do, you know well yeah no i was definitely a pinner that's for sure i love my cradles um yeah i was a little funky man like i could i could definitely scramble and roll um but yeah i do just remember that match man we were just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth because i remember he got me in like some type of position where he like choked me out and i was like i don't know if he really? brought that up or not but yeah I, I remember i was i had to take like a quick 30 like right in the middle of the match um but uh yeah no that was i, I still remember him seeing him at the d1 nationals for air force and i was like oh mm-hmm. that's, that's freaking awesome yeah and i still remember to this day i was like man i wish he was on the opposite side uh hakeman's side yeah because um, that style those two would have been uh, kind of interesting to to kind of see and watch but yeah um i'm kind of glad i i i beat him when i beat him because yeah, yeah, yeah. if it would have happened in the finals I mean, heck, you never know. So if that match would happen in the finals, it would have been fun to watch. Yeah, it was. You know? It was back and forth, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, do, do you have? I have. Do you have? Um, do you have that on tape by chance? Potentially, my mom she taped 
pretty much every single one of my matches um, growing up. So let me ask her if I do right. send it over to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah let me, I bet I do. I bet my mom has it somewhere. So let me uh, let me read. Let me uh, nice. mom and see if she has it. Um, and I'll let you know for sure. <laughs> that'd be that'd be sweet. Yeah. Well, I still remember there was a one of the photographer guys for Glenwood. <laughs> His name was Ed Harding, and he just passed away. He was a good family friend. Oh, shoot, um, okay. His son was actually one of our assistant coach in Glenwood as, as well, Aaron. But uh, he would always take photos and pictures of, like, everybody and anything. And then at the end of the year for our banquets, he'd put, like, a like a plaque kind of thing with, like, different photos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And my junior year one, the, the middle photo was – you know how on the big board at the barn they put up everybody's score? Yep. It was a picture of that score. And that's how I remembered it. it was I'm pretty sure it was 18 to 12. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that middle picture. It was it said artist and crozier or whatever, 18 to 12. <laughs> it's kind of how I remember that match as well. Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> um, well, now I got that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk just a little bit here about, about your college career, you know, because um, you started off at Iowa State. Yep. And is that when injuries started to kind of creep in or? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, right out of high school, I went to Iowa State, um, registered my my first year there. Um, and yeah, that first year I had, you know, my I had sur- surgeries on both knees, I just meniscuses. Um, and then my shoulder, I tore my bicep tendon and labrum. So then I got my second year there that's when i got that surgery done right after the midlands so then that was the last time i stepped foot on a mat um or competed um at iowa state was that second year halfway through because that whole third year i was rehabbing and just kind of um doing what i could with my shoulder um and then transferred over to uh lacrosse in wisconsin so, why, why did you go to Iowa State? Like, were you, did you know you wanted to go D1 or? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, I, um, like we talked about earlier is, you know, kind of the, uh, kind of one of the, the main options I had was to do, to play soccer and wrestle and mm-hmm. go smaller, like division three. Um, but I think, you know, when you get that phone call from Cal Sanderson as an 18 year old kid, it kind of, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you kind of get that, that, that Kel Sanderson medication thrown at you, know, you kind of get hooked on it. But yeah. Um, yeah. I think we, he's, he's started recruiting me um, and, you know, I just kind of formed a pretty good relationship with him as far as that goes and went on a visit and then he came ran a camp down in Glenwood and really and this and that. And so I, you know, as an 18 year old kid, when, you know, the best wrestler of all time is wanting to go wrestle for him, you kind of, you kind of hop on board. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest reason is, yeah. uh, getting kind of that attention from him really, really, uh, caught, caught me and, and drove me in. But yeah, like I said, I kind of, kind of look back and kind of wonder if, you know, going a little bit smaller school and trying both trying to do both soccer and wrestling would have been kind of the the better route. But yeah, at the same time, man, like I, I'm, you know, I'm happy with yeah. my decisions and my path and my journey. And, you know, I think landing in lacrosse, Wisconsin, who was actually one of the, one of the top kind of five schools on my list when I was in high school to go to, you know, ending up there at a, in lacrosse, which is a, you know, pretty, pretty city right there on, <clears throat> right there on the river has a great program. Coach Malachek did Malachek and Osage Boy runs it. Um, you know, I think everything kind of works out, you know, I'm a big karma guy and everything kind of works out, you know, as it should at the end. So I was happy that I, 
you know, went division one, you know, um, and then transferred over to division three and, and kind of was part of both worlds. So yeah. in the cultures of the, the two different programs when I was at Iowa state, you know, we won two big 12 titles when I was at lacrosse, we won 12 or two WIAC conference titles. So, you know, I was part of some really good teams, yeah. not just in high school. So in college, man, you know, just being a part of that, Iowa state program with Jake Varner and John reader and Gallic and Mueller and, uh, Zabriskie. And I mean, those guys were, were studs, man. So yeah. just being around that, you know, kind of set the bar, set the level as, as far as excellence goes. And then, you know, lacrosse had studs as well from, <clears throat> from Minnesota and Wisconsin, a couple of Iowa boys and whatnot. So, you know, it was, it was, it was fun, man. It was fun battling in both rooms. So I, you know, I definitely learned a lot. I grew and developed not only as a wrestler, but as a person and, you know, you kind of, Go out, come out of high school being the big fish, and you learn real quick being in that Iowa State room that you uh, you're you're a very small fish. So, <laughs> you know the Paulson twins are there my freshman yeah. year, and uh, David Bertolino and Grant Turner, and I mean there are some studs in there, man. So Gee. it was fun. You know, a couple of things about that. So the first thing is, you know, I could see how it could actually. Um, you know, if you didn't go D1 and you just went to D3 after talking to Kale, you know, you could find yourself in that same mode, like, oh man, what if I would have went D1? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, so like I said, man, I'm happy. I'm always yeah. happy with my decision. Um, you know, um, I don't think I would I don't think I would take it back, man. If I was in that no. same position again tomorrow, you know, I would I would probably make the same, the same choice. So yeah. But yeah, it was, it was fun, the whole process and the whole journey. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, the other thing I was thinking too, was like you said, when Kale calls you, when somebody like that calls you and says, Hey, you know, I want to talk to you about coming and wrestling for my school. It probably, I would think, like you said, as an 18 year old kid go, wow, I didn't know, or I didn't really think if I was good enough or if I should go D one, but now this guy calling me who is the best there ever was believes in me you know now it starts to give you a little extra motivation or a little extra pep in your step like I, I if somebody like that can think i can do it heck yeah i think i can do it right yeah no it was definitely a confidence booster man right. um yeah like i think you know you hear about you hear about those those uh you know those stories of those d1 national champs or runner-ups or multiple time all americans that never placed higher than you know third in high school or yeah or got second, you know, three times and then ended up being here one more national titles than high school titles. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, you know, I think that gives you kind of inspiration, um, and, you know, kind of motivates you to continue to, to work at it. Right. And have goals and, and high goals and, you know, nothing, nothing's impossible really, you know, just looking at it or watching this past tournament this past week and man, there's, there's upset after upset, after upset, after upset. I mean, I think that first round at 125, there was three, I want to say three different guys with like 15 seeds or higher that one right. first round. So, I mean, you see that all the time, that gap between <clears throat> those guys is just, you know, very thin so anybody can beat anybody on any given day and that's you know that's what's great about the sport and it's fun to, it's fun to watch so as especially after this past week and that's all i kind of did thursday friday saturday was watch <laughs> wrestling so, you know um uh when you decided to transfer um i'm curious about how all that kind of goes down did you because back then there wasn't like a transfer portal like there is now like you know 
per se like i don't was it like it is like monitored or was there like where you put your name out there and people because now it's like you almost you have like a website i think where people can monitor it and check it really i think so i thought that's what i'd have to double check but yeah i guess i don't i don't know i don't yeah i don't know with all the transfer portal stuff these days i don't know i mean i guess my kind of how my uh process went is you know i just went in and had a conversation with the coaches there at iowa state that i was that i was going to be transferring out um and actually at the time i had that conversation i didn't know where i was going to go um Mm -hmm. you know i was i still remember going and talk talking with jim miller at Warburg, um, before I kind of, you know, made my final decision as well, because, you know, I was either going to go pretty much, I was either going to go to lacrosse or Warburg. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I think I, I think I, I mean, honestly, I think I just had a conversation with the coaches and they released me. Um, and then, I mean, all I kind of remember was, you know, talking, with Malachek making that decision verbally telling him. And then from there, it was just more filling out paperwork and then mm-hmm. getting me to campus. So, so uh, then was it, I guess it was you who almost had to actively recruit for yourself. Um, were no, you well, Malachek or did they know that you were transferring? Like, yeah, well actually, yeah, no, I, he knew my assistant coach in high school. Um, so he reached out cause I, at the time, my, that third year after my shoulder surgery, like I really didn't know if I was going to wrestle again. Didn't know if I wanted to wrestle again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think he Malachek. I don't know how it really worked out, but I know my brother working at Warburg, his office was right next to Miller's, and mm-hmm. so Kirk, I think, was just like, hey, like let's, you know, keep him keep him going. I think that's kind of how that. I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's been so dang long ago. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I do remember that third year when I was at Iowa State and going through rehab and whatnot, I I just didn't know if I wanted to or didn't know right. if it in me still. I didn't know if that fire was still there and, and whatnot. But like I said earlier, I think I knew in the back of my mind I needed to. Otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, wrestling kept me on the right path and, um you know, kept me in the classroom and whatnot. So I think I, I definitely knew I needed it. So I'm glad I, I made that choice to continue to do it. So, yeah, yeah as far as that whole process went, man, I'm not, I'm not full. I'm not completely uh, sure how it all worked out, but I do, I do remember talking with like Kale and the coaches there and then they had to release me and whatnot when I, and then from there, it was just, I do remember talking to multiple coaches and then making a decision and seeing, I guess being, 1920 at the time you don't you're just kind of going with the flow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah you need me to stay in this cool but yeah so that's kind of how it went so then as we've talked about earlier you were going to you thought about doing soccer and wrestling so when you did transfer to uw lacrosse did that ever cross your mind or did you ever attempt or talk to the soccer coach at all so lacrosse doesn't have a men's program they have a oh, women's no kidding yeah, they have a women's program, but they don't have a men's program. So, um, you know, honestly, at the time, I don't quite remember. But if I would have wanted to play soccer, I'm pretty sure I would have went to Warburg. So I don't I think soccer was probably just out of the question at that point. Not you yeah. know, being on a soccer field for three ish years and being away from the sport. I think, you know, I don't know how 
it would have been probably it would have been difficult to to kind of pick it back up and get to you know i mean even the difference i as you know that difference between the division three level soccer wrestling doesn't matter you know it's a big it's a big difference between high school level um so yeah i don't know i think i think as far as soccer goes, I think that was, I think my shoes were hung up by then. I think, yeah. I think I was retired from that. So I think <laughs> I was strictly just kind of focused on trying to find that spot to, to wrestle. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you picked a good school. Like you said, they're one of the top programs and, and Malachek, man, I, I don't think I have enough nice, say, nice things to say about that guy. He's just, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's, he's, he's a good one, man. He's, he's funny guy. Right. Gets into humor. Um, but a great, good coach, um, yeah. good coach for me to have and whatnot. And I think they ended up, I want to say they ended up top five this past or a couple of weeks ago at the division three tournament. And mm-hmm. I think it's actually held in lacrosse next year. So really? All right. Nice. Yeah. Were you on the team with the three, was he a three-time champ heavyweight? But oh, uh, um, it was named. Yes, no, I was not. But Babeto Yewa, who was a three times uh, national champ. Oh, shoot! I was on the t- yeah, I was on the team with him. Um, God, why can't I? Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue right now. The heavyweight. No, yeah. he he graduated the year before I got there. Oh, okay. But then, like, names like Jason Lolith, I think, was, like, a couple-time, two, three-timer. Josh Shelf was, like, a two, three-timer. There are some studs that go through yeah. that. So, yeah. Um, Dan Laurent. Jeez, that was ah, – There you go. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, yeah, I was like, I know. I know. Who <laughs> uh, yeah, he, I think he was a three-time, three-time national champ. Yeah. So, yeah, they have a good program, man. They always, they always breed and develop. Some some tough kids. So, mm-hmm. how'd your career there go at UW Lacrosse? Uh, well, I wrestled at 184. Uh, both wow, my, both my juniors <laughs> walked around about 180, but uh, <laughs> um, wrestled at 184. Started both years. Um, qualified for the national tournament. And as far as my record goes, I mean, I was both years. I was around like the 20 and 10 ish mark both years. Mm-hmm. I want to say so. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a, a little bit of success there. Um, when I was had was this starting starting guy at that one eighty four spot both years, and I mean, again, there was as as far as team wise, my junior year we got second in D threes, and then my senior year, we got third. Um, so both years we had you know a great team. Um, couple D one transfer kids and that Babedo Yewa kids. Uh, actually, look him up. He's a he's a pretty cool story. He didn't start wrestling until he was like in seventh grade. He's from Michigan, somewhere. His family is from Cameroon. He actually wrestled for Cameroon's national team, um, as well. But yeah, he's the assistant coach now with Malachek back in Lacrosse. Okay. So, yeah, wow. he's a, okay. Yeah, he's a. It's pretty. He's a, he has a pretty cool story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was a three-time national champ when I was there. Like Michael Schmitz is a Missouri or a Minnesota kid who went to Missouri and then transferred to lacrosse the same time I did. And, you know, a couple others there that were, that were hammers. So it was yeah. pretty cool. So I was pretty, pretty lucky to be around. Like I said, some, some tough guys and on some tough teams. So yeah, that was, that was the fun part. Like we said earlier, your high school team was, was good too. You know, like you, you were at the duels, Weren't you? Didn't he place third at the duels a couple times? You know? Yes, D, 
Yeah, state duels, I want to say my sophomore, June, both my sophomore and junior year. So that would have been like 04 and 05. We got third. And both years in the semis, it came down to that last match. Mm. Um, if we won that last match, we would have won the duel. If we, would have, if we lost, we would have lost the duel. And we lost both years. The first year was oh. Union, LaPorte City. And then the next year was Winterset. Actually, they beat us. So, Damn. yeah, yeah, I think that's right. If I remember right. So, yeah, it was always fun to be on, be on tough teams, man. So, yeah. Did you go to like national duels at UW lacrosse? Uh, yeah. UW at the dome. Yeah. We went, so that was, I don't even know. Do they even still do national duels anymore? I think, I think so. Do they? I thought I so. Was, yeah. When I was in college, they're still at UNI at the dome. Mm-hmm. And so my, yeah, my junior year, my junior year, I want to say we didn't do that great. We got like fifth, and then my my senior year, we got second behind Augsburg. Herbs, yeah, we got second behind Warburg. Sorry, uh-huh. we beat Augsburg in the semis and then got beat by Warburg in the finals. So, yeah, those Bergs, man, they just win <laughs> those D threes. Yeah, one thing I'll say is I, I have one of the things I want to do. Maybe it's on my bucket list. Maybe it's a bucket list. Is go to one of their duels, the the Battle of the Bergs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go to one of their duels because yeah. I hear it's just amazing. Like it's just epic, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, Mark Kiss was my roommate at Iowa State. My freshman. Oh, right. Okay. So mm-hmm. he he uh, is one of the assistants at Warburg, and I follow him, you know, on social media and whatnot. <clears throat> and their duels, just in their duels in general. Um, they, they get a good crowd, man, like a good oh. student crowd. And it seems like they get pretty wild. Actually, when I worked there, I went to a few, few duels and watched it. They're, they're, they're fun to, they're fun to go and watch. So yeah. they got a, they got a good thing going on there. Did, did Kiss, he transferred to Warburg, didn't he? Yeah. So he transferred this, I want to say the same year that I did, I believe he was there for two years. So yeah, it had to be the same year, the same year, but yeah, he got, I want to say he got third twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and D threes at national. So yeah, yeah he transferred to Warburg. Hmm. And was you just said you lost to Winterset? Was Laramie Schaefer on that team? Oh yeah, Laramie was a year older That's than. Son of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Laramie was a year older than I was. Oh five. So yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was always there. But he was a lot smaller than me, so mm-hmm. I always give him I always give him crap because those winter set kids would always dye their hair blonde, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Drive, drive me nuts. So. <laughs> yeah, always gotta give him, gotta give him crap for for doing that. <laughs> is he is he um is he a good uh, uh what am I trying to say? When he comes and stays, is he a good good guest or does he like? Oh yeah, yeah. Does he leave the lights on or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I lived with him actually too for a couple of years. I, oh, no kidding? Yeah, yeah. Iowa State. Um, so I lived with Kiss in the dorms my freshman year. And then I lived with Laramie Schaefer. And I don't remember the name, Brett Blasberg. Um, yeah. He was a Waterloo West kid. Uh, Nick Ryder from Union. Mm-hmm. Um, but lived with them in, in a house for that other two years i was there but now he uh, he came out and brought his oldest son he's a third grader this past year and his oldest son is he's funny man yeah. he's, 
what goes around comes around is what I kept telling Larry. I was like, he's gonna be, he's gonna be Arby just like you. And he's he has that, he has that little mouth on him too. And I'm like, oh man, taking taking after his dad. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I have Laramie on Facebook. So that's how I knew he was out there. And this last time they were out there, they had to they had to wait a day, an extra day. I forget what happened, but well, it's, yeah, his son got sick actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, his son got sick, and uh, so I was actually gonna go ride with him because I snowboard um, mm-hmm. as well. On that Thursday, I took work off that Thursday, but then his son got sick, so we ended up just like hanging out on the couch all day, which was great because that was right. the first round of NCAs, right? So first and second round, so yeah. I was like. I'm cool with just being out on a lazy day and watching <laughs> all day. But then Friday they went up and and uh rode and I, I worked on Friday, so I wasn't able to go with them. But mm-hmm. they only got they got like four or five, six runs in and then the sun started feeling bad again. So they didn't get they didn't get a full day on the mountain, but I yeah. think they still had fun and the kid and and they all enjoyed yeah. it. So Yeah. Where do you where do you uh snowboard at? Um, so I well, I live right kind of South Denver and whatnot. And I grew up, well, grew up. I went to, um, right when I first moved out here, we'd always get the Epic Pass, which is like the Breckenridge and the Keystone and the Rapo Basin. And then I had like 10 days at Vail um, and 10 days at like Beaver Creek. Um, so I went to like Breckenridge and Keystone, or like the mm-hmm. two, two main spots that I always would go snowboard at. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, since, so I had my, I had an ACL surgery three-ish years ago. Really? And so I actually hadn't even been on my board since then until Laramie came out this year. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took a couple of years off, but we went to, when he came out, we went to Copper Mountain. Yeah, I've been there. Yep, yep. It's a yeah. good spot. Yep. But then, hey, he took his son up to uh, Loveland. Okay. Uh, this past week. So, and I've never been to Loveland. It's a smaller, smaller mountain um, but yeah, I've never been to Loveland, but Keystone was really my main spot when I was going up a couple times a week and really man. living that way. So yeah, yeah, that was, that was a fun time. Did you have ACL surgery? So is that on like the same knee that's, is it the same knee that's kind of been giving you issues or is it like a new injury not related to college? Uh, it's 100% related to wrestling. <laughs> yeah. My senior year, I, I did something right at the end of my senior year to my left knee and just you know i was done wrestling like a month later and then just kind of didn't think twice of it and then over time it just it just completely got to a point where you know it just ached and it was it was pretty bad and so i went and got looked at and yeah my acl was completely gone um yeah so so I was like, yeah, well, okay. I'd probably, probably need that. You know, I'm, I'm a young guy. Probably shouldn't live without my ACL for too much longer. So, so I got that completely reconstructed and whatnot. And so it feels much better now, but I mean, I, even, even coaching, like I will, I don't go live. I mean, I can like obviously show technique and whatnot, but maybe it's more mental than anything, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't put myself in any uh, wrestling positions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so hold up. So did you were, did you wrestle basically your entire college career and everything without your ACL? No, did I did you? that right at the end of my senior year. Oh, okay. So you yeah. got it reconstructed at the end of like, no, so I, I, so I, I did that. I, 
did whatever I did to it. My about a month left of my and left in my senior season, mm-hmm. and then just just wrestled through it. Um, and then since I was done wrestling after my senior year, and I knew I was done, I was just like, eh, you know, whatever. Like I yeah. just kind of just went on with life, not really thinking too much of it. And then yeah, I didn't get it fixed, um, or even went into the doctor to get it looked at until, I mean, that was back like five, six years later. And that's when I went in and they looked at it and like, hey, your ACL is gone. Like it's not, it's you no longer have an ACL. So, no, that makes sense because I pretty much snapped it, you know, back my senior year in college. So, you know, over time it just, you know. Oh, it was your senior year in college. Okay. Not your. Not yeah. Now. Yeah. In college. Not right. Still. So you were just like walking around with no ACL. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, it would hurt and it would ache and whatnot, but you know, I did, I was only, I was only like messing around. I like got the time and I was, and that's when I was living out here. Right. I would, I was like playing soccer for like a co-ed, yeah. but I was a goalie. Right. So I wasn't like running around or anything. And, and I really, and I was snowboarding, but I'd always put a brace on it. And I, you know, for the most part, like it would catch on me from time to time. And I, you know, and it would hurt like pretty painful from time to time. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, it just got to the point you know, about three-ish years ago, whatever it was, that I was like, yeah, I got to go get this checked out. <laughs> and then, yeah, so then they said, yeah, yeah, you don't got no ACL, man. But <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, once you get on your own insurance, you're like. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that was my fault too. Cause when I, when I actually, when it did actually happen, I was in college and I was still on my parents' insurance. So I should have, I should have right, got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, oh, well. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last question I have for you: um, Did you chip a tooth playing soccer? Yeah. Is that what you did? Is that how you chipped it? Well, I mean, I so I don't know if you're talking about this or if you heard this story. So in soccer, my I, what was that? My sophomore year, we were playing Norwalk, who was like the okay. returning state champs, and I was yeah. a goalkeeper, and I went to I save a shot or do whatever and i took a goal post oh yeah straight to my uh straight to my like my my grill you know like right yeah my my two front teeth completely like chipped out and whatnot i just spit my teeth out and i was like oh that's not good (laughs) i don't know if you're talking about that or not but uh not yeah i mean that's a that's the one and only time i chipped my teeth pretty bad but ooh. Yeah, they had to, like grind my teeth yeah. and, and whatnot. Jeez, did you continue <laughs> playing or did you come out? I came out. Oh, did you? Yeah, I can't because I knew like right when I hit it, it kind of like shook me up too, you know. Yeah, caught me pretty good. And then after I kind of like, spit my teeth out, I was like, oh, something right. And so <laughs> I, I, yeah, I came out of the game. So, <laughs> but dang, yeah, goalpost. That's fine. Yeah, those don't move, and and they hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just thought of this. Did you go, um, what's the, what's the mountain that's just down the road here from Omaha? Um, is there, oh, is Mount it, Crescent? Crescent. Yeah. I was gonna call yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Mount Crescent. Did you go there all the time or what? No, nah, I never hopped on. I never stepped on a board until I moved out here. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so I, I, the job I got right when I moved out here, there's a couple younger guys who had been snowboarding a couple that lived out here actually but like their whole life and mm-hmm. so yeah they're like yeah come with us you know blah 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 and i was like well i've never snowboarded a day in my life <laughs> uh, but i'll come and i i 
I uh, hopped on it. And for the first like year, man, I mean, it's a learning curve, especially mm-hmm. that when I was like 24 at the time. And so falling on my ass constantly mm-hmm. going up and down that damn mountain. I mean, I'm glad I did it. Cause you know, riding with them, they're like, keep up, you know, yeah. so like, I just kind of got to teach myself, but um, yeah, never stepped on a board until I came out here to Colorado and that's where I learned and taught myself. So, hmm. so yeah, that was kind of something I'm pretty proud of as well to kind of yeah. keep going. Cause uh, I mean, it was, like I said, it was a learning curve and I, I beat myself up pretty good, especially mm-hmm. that first snow day. I still remember that first snow day that it's, I don't know if you ever snowboarded or skied before, but mm-hmm. being on a groomer versus being out in the back bowls and that kind of in the trees and whatnot, especially when, when it's snowing out and there's a foot of snow on the ground. It's, it's tough, man. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Mitch Artist, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget, go check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. See you next time.